Hello. Hello. We're back for series three. We are. Summer break is over, and more than just the fact that we're back, we're back in the same room. We're back in the same room. So we got the extended table out, and we are abiding yeah. by the uh, current mm. uh, social distancing guidelines in the UK, two metres, keeping that distance. Yeah. Where we are in our specific part of the world. At a specific time. We are allowed to be doing this. Yes. But we, yeah, we will remain vigilant, and should things change, we will change. We're kicking things off in style with the frog prince or the frog king. Who knows? I don't, Ooh. but I'm about to find out, as will you. Hopefully. And uh, make sure you stay tuned to the end of the podcast because mm. we have a very exciting announcement about a competition. So <gasps> details of that to follow. Make sure you stay tuned. But for now, shall we crack on with the story? Let's do it. Let's get froggy. Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grimm Reading. The Frog King, or Iron Henry. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grimm Reading. In old times, when wishing still helped, there lived a king whose daughters were all beautiful. But the youngest was so beautiful that the sun itself, which has seen so much, was astonished whenever it shone in her face. <laughs> Wait. That's a lot to take in. The sun. Welcome back. Uh, yep. We're off to a flying start. There is a woman that's so beautiful, even the sun can't comprehend it. And yeah. the sun, yeah. may I remind yeah. you, has seen some stuff. Oh, yeah. In his he, life. He's seen it all. Whew. Close by the king's castle lay a great dark forest, and under an old lime tree in the forest was a well. And when the day was very warm, the king's child went out into the forest and sat down by the side of the cool fountain. And when she was bored, she took a golden ball and threw it up on high and caught it. <laughs> this ball was her favourite plaything. Okay. The super beautiful girl yeah. has wandered down to the well and... Yeah, she's just throwing a ball up in the air. <laughs> That's her favourite thing. <laughs> a golden ball. Oh, yes. Now, it so happened that on one occasion, the princess's golden ball did not fall into the little hand which she was holding up for it, but onto the ground beyond. And then it rolled straight into the water. The king's daughter followed it with her eyes, but it vanished and the well was deep. So deep that the bottom could not be seen. No. And at this she began to cry and cried louder and louder and could not be comforted. And as she thus lamented, someone said to her, What ails you, king's daughter, Rivet? Oh, hello. Your tears would melt a heart of stone. She looked round to the side from where the voice came and saw a frog stretching forth its thick, ugly head from the water. Oh, okay. Ah, old water splasher, is it you? Said she. I'm weeping for my golden ball which has um, fallen into the well. Be quiet and do not weep, <laughs> answered the oh, frog. Right. <laughs> I thought he was so sick of hearing it. I can help you, Ribbit, but what will you give me if I bring you up your plaything again? Whatever you will have, dear frog, said she. My clothes, my pearls and jewels, and even the golden crown which I'm wearing. The frog answered, I do not care for your clothes. <laughs> they are slightly out of fashion. Your pearls and jewels, or your golden crown, 
But if you will love me and let me be your companion and playmate and sit by you at your little table and eat off your little golden plate, Ribbit, and drink out of your little cup and sleep in your little bed, if you will promise me this, I will go down below and bring you your golden ball up again. Uh, no, you're right, mate. Actually, <laughs> actually I just realized I've got another what? one at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, said she. <laughs> Don't say yes to that. I promise you all you wish, if you will but bring me back my ball again. She, however, thought, how the silly frog does talk. <laughs> he lives in the water with the other frogs and croaks, and can be no companion to any human being. The fool. So she's promising it, but she's like, I'm not going to give yeah, him yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But, well, hmm. frog jumps in, gets the little golden ball, comes back up with it in his mouth, spits it on the grass, and the king's daughter was delighted to see her pretty plaything once more, and picked it up ran away with it. Wait, wait, said the frog. Take me with you. I can't run as you can. Oh, he's been... frog. Oh, he's been taken for a fool. He's been hustled. He has. But what did it avail him to scream his croak-croak after her as loudly as he could? She did not listen, but ran home and soon forgot the poor frog who was forced to go back into his well again. Oh, no. So the frog's back in the well. She's back home in the castle with her ball. Forgotten all about it. Now, the next day, uh, she was seated at the table with the king and all the courtiers and was eating from her little golden plate when something came creeping, splish, splash, splish, splash, up the marble staircase. And when it got to the top, it knocked at the door and <laughs> cried, Youngest princess, open the door for me. She ran out to see who it was, but when she opened the door, there sat the frog in front of it. No! She slammed the door in great haste and sat down to dinner again <laughs> and uh, was quite frightened. The king saw plainly that her heart was beating violently and said, My child, what are you so afraid of? Is there perchance a giant outside who wants to carry you away? <laughs> That's not... that. What? Dad? <laughs> What kind of joke is that? Yeah, that's a weird joke. Classic to make dad to joke. Daughter. Just joking about his daughter being taken away by a giant. Yeah, go on. Ah, no, replied she. It's no giant, uh, but a disgusting frog. What does the frog want with you? Ah, dear father. Yesterday, when I was in the forest sitting by the well, uh, playing, my golden ball fell into the water. And because I cried so, the frog brought it out again for me. And because he so insisted, I promised him he should be my companion. But I never thought he would be able to come out of his water. And now he's outside there and wants to come into me. In the meantime, it knocked a second time and cried, Princess! <laughs> <laughs> Your good princess! And the whole family sat around hearing this, like... Um, <laughs> and the courtiers and the servants. <laughs> Open the door for me! Do you not know what you said to me yesterday by the cool waters of the fountain? Princess, youngest princess, open the door for me. I'd be like, turn off the lights. Okay, pretend we're not home. <laughs> then said the king, that which you have promised, you must perform. Oh. Go and let him in. She went and opened the door, and the frog hopped in and followed her step by step to the chair. He's delighted, the frog. <laughs> splishing and splashing around. <laughs> Water splasher. There he sat on her chair and cried, lift me beside you. She delayed until at last the king commanded her to do it. <laughs> do it. When the frog... <laughs> <laughs> like imagining this face-off between the king and his daughter. Lift the frog. Oh. No, don't lift the frog. Oh, fine. <laughs> but when the frog was once on the chair, he wanted to be on the table. Of course he did. And when he was on it's the table... slope. 
upwards. <laughs> and when he was on the table, he said, Now push your little golden plate nearer to me that we may eat together. Uh, that is grim. She did this, but it was easy to see that she did not do it willingly. Yeah. The frog enjoyed what he ate, but almost every mouthful she took choked her. At length, he said, I have eaten and now I'm satisfied. Now I'm tired. Carry... (laughs) What kind of a guest is this? Carry me into your little room and make your little silken bed ready and we will both lie down and go to sleep, Ribbit. The king's daughter began to cry. (laughs) Oh, no! This is awful! For she was afraid of the cold frog, which she did not like to touch, and which was now to sleep in her pretty clean little bed. And it's made of silk. Yeah, and it's going to get all messy and slimy. No one wants to sleep with a frog. But I'm imagining Dad's got something to say about this. Well, exactly. The king grew angry (laughs) and said, He who helped you when you were in trouble ought not to be despised by you afterwards. So she took hold of the frog with two fingers, carried him upstairs and put him in a corner. (laughs) But when she was in bed, he crept up to her and said, Oh dear. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I want to sleep as well as you. Lift me up, or I'll tell your father. <laughs> this, this is too much. This, yeah. he, he's gone too far. Yeah. He's crossed the line Final here. Straw, yeah. Then she was terribly angry. Mm-hmm. She took him up and threw him at the wall with <laughs> all her might. Whoa! Now you'll be quiet, odious frog, <laughs> said she. But when he fell down, he was no frog, but a king's son with beautiful kind eyes whoa whoa hang on a sec this is mm, is something missing something's missing here Mm. like the one thing i knew about the story it hasn't happened are you thinking (laughs) there was going to be a a slimy kiss yes that's what i expect i suspect that's what a lot of people were expecting well you've all been lied to (laughs) because instead of that he gets thrown (laughs) against the wall and turns into a prince And he's a crumpled heap of prints <laughs> with beautiful, kind eyes. Yeah, she threw him against Whoa. a wall. Didn't see that coming, really did you? really didn't see that coming. Well, anyway, it's all done now. <laughs> and, and it came to pass that with her father's consent, he became her dear companion and husband. He told her uh, how he'd been bewitched by a wicked witch, see, and how uh, no one could have delivered him from the well but herself, and that tomorrow they'd go together to his kingdom. Then they went to sleep, and next morning when the sun awoke them, a carriage came driving up with eight white horses, which had white ostrich feathers on their heads, and were harnessed with golden chains. It's a little bit much. Behind stood the young king's servant, Faithful Henry. <gasps> or Iron Henry. Bit of backstory to Henry. Faithful Henry had been so unhappy when his master changed into a frog that he had caused three iron bands to be laid round his heart, lest it should burst with grief and sadness. He's a he's a like a, a bloke. He's hey, faithful Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's had open heart surgery and had some iron bands put in. Yeah, because he was so worried about his heart breaking because his his prince has been turned into a frog. Right. So it's like his heart's trying to explode with mere grief, mm. and the bands are keeping it in place. Yeah, exactly. I Got wouldn't it? advise that <laughs> as elective surgery. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I know what I want, Doc. <laughs> Just do it. Just do Do what I say. Do it, man. (laughs) Wow. Okay. You've told me it's impossible. (laughs) Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible if you dream, Doc. (laughs) As long as you believe. (laughs) He was faithful to the end. (laughs) 
Good old Henry. Faithful Henry. <laughs> so he, he's rocked up. He's happy yeah. as Larry, or as Henry, yeah. because he's got his, his master back. Yeah. Does he take off the iron bands? Well, how very astute. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this carriage that Faithful Henry's riding is to conduct the young king back to his kingdom. Faithful Henry helped them both in and placed himself behind again and was full of joy because of this deliverance. When they had driven a part of the way, the king's son heard a cracking behind him as if something had broken. So he turned round and cried, Henry, the carriage is breaking. No, master, it's not the carriage. It's the band from me heart which was put there in my great pain when you were a frog and imprisoned in a well. Again, and once again, while they were on their way, something cracked, and each time the king's son thought the carriage was breaking. But it was only the bands which were springing from the heart of faithful Henry, because his master was set free and was happy. The end. Okay. Welcome back, Adam. Yeah. Series three. Off with a bang? I would say so. That was a great story. That's the first story in the collection of the Brothers Grimm. It's literally number one. And I have always been waiting to see when you're picking. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was a fitting start to series three. And I'd say that was a good call. Yeah. The the story was great. And um, as we said, basically only remembered one thing about that story yeah and it didn't happen <laughs> no i was so shocked i was yeah. like waiting for the kiss waiting for the kiss yeah smack against the wall you're a prince now <laughs> take that frog i i had to genuinely reread it because i just <laughs> what did what? i miss something yeah mental I, and <sighs> okay so there's no there's no kiss yep it's also called the frog king or iron henry and who the hell's Iron Henry? <laughs> yeah. So we've got three kind of mysteries there. Yeah. Which I'll do my best to answer. Oh, I can't wait. But for, but for now, I mean, just sort of first impressions of the story. In some ways, it's quite a sort of, uh, you know, it's quite a classic fairy tale. Yeah, it's got a lot of classic elements. But with a few kind of mad twists, like uh, Faithful Henry. Yeah, that was weird. So we've got, we've got the beautiful princess. Yeah. We've got the... She's not just any beautiful princess. Yeah. The sun can't even look in her face. No, exactly. When yeah. an, another human being looks at her, yeah. it's, it hasn't reached a high enough intellectual plane to even understand what it's seeing. It cannot compute. <laughs> you, you may not remember, but we've actually come across this opening line before. This very opening line? Yeah. What was the opening line? Uh, in olden days, when wishing still helped, there was a daughter... Oh, when did we hear that before? We heard it like way back in one of our like very, very first episodes. I used the opening line of this story to show how much the Brothers Grimm changed their stories as they Ah, went along. Ah, right. So in this one, it's in olden times when wishing still helped one, there lived a king whose daughters were all beautiful, but the youngest daughter was so beautiful that the sun itself, which has seen so much, was astonished whenever it shone in her face. (laughs) Down by the castle, there was a lime tree. This is a translation of the final version, but the original recording they made of this story simply opened with, 
once upon a time, there was a princess who went out into the forest and sat down at the edge of a cool well. I so, remember you making that comparison. It's yeah. so much more matter of fact. Yeah. So it's a really good way to see how much the mm-hmm. Brothers Grimm embellished these stories, made them more literary, more yeah. florid as they went along. Like to the point where it's just you're ramping up the, the prose to the point where you're saying the sun can't comprehend <laughs> as it shines its rays forth. It's so the beauty it beholds. <laughs> yes. yes. Kind of absurd. The other thing there is there's lots of allusions in that story to the sun. At the beginning. So you've got that one. So you've got this, the, the sun, astonished sun at yep. the beauty. You've got the golden ball in a way. It specifically says it's a golden That's ball. That's true. It also said when he, when she's thrown him against the wall and he turns into a prince, it also says the next morning when the sun awoke them. Okay, it yeah. It didn't say when they woke up. It said no, when, when the, the sun, sun awoke, awoke them. Then also that chariot. So there was a chariot at the end with Faithful Henry on um, with all the ostrich feathers and stuff. I know. That chariot's reminiscent of Helios, who's the Greek sun god. Right. To the Greeks, the sun was the chariot. Helios, the god of the sun, rode across the sky with his flying right. horses. So and they that's used to what believe shone in the sky. Yeah, yeah, there was Helios traveling on a right. carriage across the sky. I couldn't find much information on it, but there's a Victorian era British school of folklore which interpreted fairy tales as solar myths. Eh? Okay. So to these like early folklorists, they thought all all myths and all fairy tales aren't stories about like people and emotions or psychology or whatever. They're actually a metaphor for the battle between night and day, or they illustrate like the forces of nature, that they're kind of allegories of natural processes. Okay. And this is one of the stories that they specifically point out because there's so many allusions to the sun. But it's, it's weird because I couldn't find much information about it because literally nobody subscribes to this interpretation anymore. No. And it was possibly my one chance to ever tell you about the, uh, the solar myth theory. No, it's very interesting. Not sure... I no. necessarily agree with that. Literally nobody does, <laughs> so don't worry. Okay, good. I'm not alone. So throughout, throughout all the revisions that they ever made, this was the first story in the collection. Yes. And I've read that it emphasizes things that the, the brothers love, like good moral lessons, mm-hmm. upholding your promises, you know, listening to the patriarch, uh, learning hard lessons by going through something you don't like. Mm-hmm. That's often the interpretation that I found. But I thought at the same time, it doesn't, she doesn't really keep her promise. No. And in the end, she actually attacks the frog physically. <laughs> so, you know, if you're saying this is like, oh, this is a kind of moralistic lesson, it's not really. No, not really. Because she gets the reward by violently attacking the frog. Yeah. And why is it, why is it hitting the wall activates king mode? <laughs> I don't understand. King mode activated. <laughs> Because normally that is activated with, with love. <laughs> That's a strange expression. But isn't that normally the case? You need a, a kiss from your one true love. That's what it's supposed to be. Instead, no, it's a wall. And that could be a kind of a feminist argument, except for what comes next, mm. which is like he turns into a king and he gets the woman. Well, you asked why does she you know, throw him at the wall? I yeah. mean, I don't really know, but... Perhaps the story in general, there are kind of obvious sexual connotations here. Uh-huh. A slimy frog, desperate to get into a girl's bed. Oh dear. 
I guess we don't really need to go into no, that. No, let's not. Let's not. But in a less explicit way, you can see this perhaps as about young girls having to marry someone that they're not willing to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you just do your duty, you might be surprised. Yeah. That ugly old bloke you've got to marry, he's actually all right. If you throw him against a wall, he might turn into <laughs> a better, better fella. Yeah, he might have beautiful eyes. And then the, and the sort of the patriarchal enforcement sort of ties into that, I think. With the dads. Yeah, making her do it. Yeah. Yeah. But on the whole, good mm. story. I yeah. think great start. Great start to series three. Now, there's a few big mysteries here. Yes. It's not called the Frog Prince. Who is Iron Henry? And where is the kiss? Okay. Are we going to go in order? So what... Let's, let's deal with Iron Henry first. Okay, Iron Henry. Because I don't really have anything to say about him. <laughs> so let's get that <laughs> out of the strange, way. strange little fellow. <laughs> <laughs> well, in general, the Brothers Grimm refer to the Frog King as one of the oldest and most beautiful fairy tales in Germany which might be why they put it as the first one. Sure. Their source for the story is a girl known as Dorchen Wild. Just pocket that name for now. Dorchen Wild. We'll be coming back to her very shortly in okay. the series. So when the Brothers Grimm wrote their books, they added loads of notes which had like all their research they did on each story. Mm-hmm. With this one, they traced it back through various medieval sources where there are stories of a faithful servant banding his heart in iron. Right. So Iron Henry is a kind of Germanic fictional archetype. Right. And that's probably why they've added his name in the title as well. Right. Because it's called the Frog King or, or Iron, Iron Henry. Like it can't figure out which it is. Yeah. Like the, so the Grimms are putting a lot of emphasis on him as a character yeah. by putting in the title. Yeah. So in their research, the Brothers Grimm got um, particularly excited about a Scottish version of the Frog King. A story called The Well at the World's End. Whoa. It's a great name for a story. Already a great title. (laughs) From 1548. Okay, quite old. Which I'm pretty sure is the first written version of the story that we have. Okay. It's found in a book called The Complaint of Scotland, written anonymously as a piece of anti-English propaganda during the rough wooing of Henry VIII. So do do you know about the rough wooing? No, no idea. So, Henry VIII wanted his son, Edward, to marry Mary, Queen of Scots. Right, yep, yep. So, he wanted the Prince of England to marry the Scottish princess. Yes. To kind of unite the thrones. Mm -hmm. But the Scottish court were not keen on this. They tried to block it. So, Henry did the rough wooing, which means he went into Scotland and massacred loads of people to try and force them to make the marriage alliance. So while that was happening, a book was written, The Complaint of Scotland, <laughs> which is a piece of propaganda against okay. the English. And it's just full of folk tales and ballads and songs. And one of them is The Well at the World's End, which is the first version of the Frog King we have. So we have to thank Henry VIII for our earliest Frog King. Amazing. <laughs> and so many other things. <laughs> so that's all I've got on Iron Henry, I'm afraid. But I think I've got some good answers to the other mysteries. So the story is called The Frog King, but we know it as The Frog Prince. Yes. 
What is going on? What is going on? What is I don't, going even on? Even within the story, I'm still not clear. Is he definitely a king? Oh, you're right, he was a prince in the yeah, story. What? Oh, God. <laughs> well, to clear this mystery up, Adam, I have to at first make it slightly more confusing. Oh, okay. The brothers did actually publish a separate story called The Frog Prince. Right. As well as The Frog King. Is it different? In their fairy tale book. It is different. Right. But only slightly. So, when the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales were translated for the first time into English in 1823, the translator, Edgar Taylor, mashed up the two stories, The Frog Prince and The Frog King. cheeky Edgar Taylor. And he called it The Frog Prince. Right. And the name stuck in English. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in Germany, the Brothers Grimm decided that they were too similar and removed the frog prince from future versions and just added the story to their notes underneath the frog king. Right. So under the frog king, it says, oh, there's a similar story where this happens. And they decided to erase it. But it was too late by then. In English language, the name had stuck. Yeah. So mystery solved. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. It's still... I don't know. I feel like in the... um Grimm's fairy tale land that we inhabit, kings tend to be married, and it's princes that are in mm-hmm. search of a. But this is a king in search of a. It doesn't really You're add right. up. Well, also we have to remember that the titles of the stories are arbitrary. Yeah. You know, you don't tell a folk story. This story is called. You just tell a story. You tell a story. So they've just given it that name. Yeah. But that's the reason why it's called that. Makes sense. Would you like to hear what happens in the Frog Prince? Yeah, I do, actually. Is it very similar with a slight twist, or is it com- it is a bit of a different story? Let's find out. Oh, can't wait. The Frog Prince. Quick version. A king has three daughters. It's a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was the quick version. One of them goes down to the well in the courtyard and scoops up some water into her glass. She holds it up to the sun, but it's murky and dirty. She's confused and upset. (laughs) (laughs) A frog leapt out and sat on the well. If you'll be my sweetheart, my dear, I'll give you water clearer than clear. She's like, yuck, and runs off. Yeah, right, response. Second princess goes down, same thing happens. Third and final sister goes down. Frog says, if you'll be my sweetheart, my dear, I'll give you water clearer than clear. She says, sure thing, buddy. Let's do it. Secretly thinking, stupid frog, he'll never be my sweetheart. She quenched her thirst with crystal clear water from the well and then ran off to the castle, leaving the frog. However, when she's in bed, she's awoken by a song. Oh, no! Open up, open... Uh, do you want to give me a beat? Oh, a beat? Yeah. Could that sort help. of medium tempo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open up, open up, princess youngest daughter. Don't you remember what you said? When I sat on the well at the water's edge, you wanted to be my sweetheart, my dear, and I gave you water clearer than clear. (laughs) She then says, oh, that's my sweetheart, the frog. Since I gave him my word, I'll open the door. Oh, what, she suddenly felt bad? Yeah. That night, the frog slept by her feet on the bed. Yeah. Second night, he came back and rapped some more, and she let him in. (laughs) He slept at her feet. Third night, he came back and rapped, and she said, okay, this is the last time. In the future, you're not coming in my bedroom. So instead of sleeping at her feet, he crawled under her pillow. The next morning, she woke up 
And who was standing there? Why, a handsome prince. They got married, what? and meanwhile, the two other sisters were angry with themselves because they had not taken the frog to be their sweetheart. <laughs> the joke's on them. You can see why we didn't need both of the stories. Yeah, it's basically the same, isn't it? I st- so what activated King Mode there? Is it he went under the pillow? He went under the pillow. What? Yeah. So perhaps it's a little bit more suggestive. Yeah. He slept in the bed and slowly got close and close and went under her pillow, rather than she threw him at a wall. Happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy, happy enough, I think. So, that's the name issue. Okay. What about this kiss? Yes. It's one of the most famous motifs in all fairy tales. It is, yeah. The princess kissing the frog. Yeah. But she threw him at a wall. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's very what? different. How sort of mad have you been driven trying to find this out? Quite mad. <laughs> so I did masses of searching, but yeah. I, I couldn't find anything for ages, except people confused that there's no kissing scene. Yeah. It's not in any version of the Brothers Grimm. It's always been Seriously? the wall throwing. Okay. Nor in any English translations that I've read. But eventually, Adam, finally, I got a ray oh. of astonished sunshine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice callback. So you thought the trail had run cold. Yeah, but yeah. There was, there was a break in the case. I found an academic research paper yeah. called You Have to Kiss a Lot of Frogs, brackets, toads, before you meet your handsome prince. From fairy tale motif to modern proverb, written in 2014 by Professor Wolfgang Mieder from the University of Vermont. So okay. I found this research paper, but frustratingly, I, we don't have access to scholarly journals. No. Classic grim reading style. I emailed Wolfgang yes. to ask what his research showed. You're not going to believe this. Did he get back to you? He got back to me. Wolfgang, what a legend. Sent me a scanned copy of the paper. No way. Yeah. And he didn't stop there. He, uh, he posted me from Vermont. What? A copy of his book on the no. Frog King, which I'm holding here. I'm going to pass to Adam. What an amazing gent. It's an absolutely lovely thing that he did. But see if you can spot straight away the slight problem. Oh, yeah. This thing is in German. <laughs> the whole book. That is a slight issue. That is in German, and I can't speak German. Yeah. But isn't that lovely? That's amazing. That What a lovely... I know. What a kind person. That's fantastic. That is pride of place on the, the bookshelf, the oh, ever-growing reading library. But anyway, he sent his paper. So I got to read the paper. Wolfgang is a paremiologist... So he studies proverbs. That's the study of proverbs. Have you heard the proverb, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince? My instinct is to say no, but there's a slight niggling thought in the back of my mind that maybe I have heard that before. Well, I don't remember hearing that before. Apparently, that is a very well-known proverb in America and also in Germany. I, I actually, t- I told Wolfgang that I've never heard that proverb mm. at all. I don't know if it's because well, maybe I'm, it died out in our parents' generation yeah. or something. He seemed quite surprised. I'm like 99% sure it is a proverb. If any of our American or German listeners yeah. could just confirm that 100% for us, that would be swell. So 
keep in mind that this is kind of about that proverb. So let's go right back to the beginning of the mystery. The Brothers Grimm never had a frog kiss, ever. That's mind-blowing to me. I know, isn't it? I thought there'd be one version where it got removed or something. No, no kiss. Okay. However, if you look outside of the Grimm's, Uh there are German folktale collections that do have the kissing motif. But all of those came after the Brothers Grimm, and they are by no means comparable to the Brothers Grimm's in terms Mm -hmm. of influence. Yeah. Like, the Brothers Grimm took over the world. Their yeah. stories became oh, yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even in English publications, you still have either the uh, pillow scene or the th- wall-throwing scene. Yeah. So that doesn't really clear it up. Yeah. But keep in mind, yeah, there are other versions out there from okay. Germany. Often, actually, in English stories, it is the bed scene rather than the wall-throwing scene. So one scholar has suggested that having the more sexually charged story prevalent in English, the going under the pillow, being yeah. on the bed, that means it's not actually such a big leap to the kiss from there. That's one theory. Okay. But still, it's not a kiss. And indeed, after years of searching, Wolfgang only found two American kids' fairy tale books that have a kiss scene in them. And the earliest print version with the kiss scene is from 1981. Right. So the first time there was a fairy tale story that has the kiss scene. Yeah. The kiss motif yeah. is from 1981. So really late. Okay. Got it? Yeah. You're looking confused. Well, I'm just thinking, I'm sure you've got more research. But I'm beginning to worry this is like a Mandela effect type thing. We're is all that, part of that? this shared delusion of a, that's from a parallel universe. Like, uh, I think the Mandela effect is named, people think Mandela was dead when he wasn't. Oh, wow. There's the Bernstein Bears in America where people are convinced it was always the Bernstein Bears and then it turns out it wasn't and there's no evidence that ever existed. This is this thing where we've all got this select collective idea that it, you kiss a frog, yeah. but it basically never happened. But this is like bigger evidence than yeah. those, isn't it? Because this is mad, this, this one. Is, this is totally mad. Is this the sort of final proof of the Mandela effect? I think so. Possibly. <laughs> I think wow. we found it. Okay. Well, yeah, there we go. Sorted. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Moving on. Um, So that's the earliest print fairy tale. But in terms of uh, just references to a motif of kissing a frog, Mm -hmm. Wolfgang found references dating back to about the 1920s. So he found the British magazine Punch made a reference to kissing a frog. Yeah. So there are sprinklings of references to the motif that go back that far, which suggests that it was an idea at least as early as the 1920s. Okay. But it seems to become really ingrained in the last half of the 20th century. Suddenly there's an explosion of references to the kissing a frog motif. Yeah. It's found in poems, cartoons, greeting cards, adverts, films, TV shows. You know, you just see references to it start to balloon after 1950. In terms of the proverb, that specific proverb that Wolfgang's writing about, right. the first written reference in the US is from 1976. It's pretty recent. In Germany, the motif of kissing the frog and also the proverb started to gain currency around that time too. One of the earliest German references to the motif is from a 1979 political cartoon that says, kiss me and I change into a handsome chancellor. Okay. (laughs) So it's fairly common in political satire. During German reunification, there's a cartoon of the Chancellor of the West kissing an Eastern man 
and the chancellor turns into a frog. Oh, like they've reversed it. Yeah, so it's like anxieties about reunification with yeah. like bringing in the poor side of Germany. How's yeah. that going to... Does that make sense? So you're kind of playing, you're always playing with the idea yeah, of totally. pissing the frog. So, although some obscure 19th century German folk collections have a kissing scene, the proverb or the cultural meme entered German society via the English-speaking world. Okay. So in Germany, it was the wool-throwing scene. Somehow in the English-speaking world, we had this idea of the kiss, and it's gone back into Germany. That's amazing. So supposedly, in a survey from the year 2000, some Germans were asked, how do you turn a frog into a prince? Half of the respondents said with a kiss, and half said by throwing it at a wall. No way! That's amazing. (laughs) That's fascinating. Mm. Basically, the lesser-known uh, German folktales that feature the frog kiss, mm-hmm. we kind of ruled them out as mm-hmm. a source of, like... Because it's, mm-hmm. a, like, as you've been saying, it's this mm-hmm. huge cultural thing that everybody's bought into. Mm-hmm. So we've agreed it's come from the English-speaking world into the, back into the, yeah. the German yeah. language. But what's our best understanding of where it's actually come from? Do we think it's just evolved from the pillow scene? Well, it's, it's all speculation. Mm. And along the lines of what you just said, there is a, one of Wolfgang's conclusions was that, so there are stories out there that did have a kissing scene, some obscure ones. So there was a, a folk story with a kissing scene. Mm-hmm. So perhaps what's happened in the sort of <laughs> social consciousness is a form of self-correction. So right. the wall-throwing scene might be a form of censorship so that might have been kind of invented to play down the sexual aspects of the story. But the kind of essence of the story has kind of forced its way back out. Yeah. The other theory is as well that along those lines, as a kind of cultural meme that kind of reproduces mm. itself, the very simple image of the princess and the frog kissing is something very easy to reproduce and it almost kind of captures the essence of the story in a single image. So it's a kind of distilled version of the entire story in one image or one kind of motif. So that's another. That's the other theory. Okay, so to, would but you be in, suggesting mm. then that potentially there were versions out there with a kind of kiss mm-hmm. and even like before their first edition, the Grimm's took that straight out well there, there is a possibility of that um yeah quite possibly i don't want to kind of speculate, you know, no. speculate on that too much no that's kind of the uh the, all the information we've got on where the the frog kissing scene comes from yeah. so we don't Actually, really no. no i mean quite possibly wolfgang found the answer <laughs> in his book der frog konig <laughs> it's a lovely book but unfortunately i can't read it I wonder if there, is, there must be some clever digital tool that you can point at a page of text and it translates it for you. I yeah. sound like an old person there. But it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I really like the research you did. I find that fascinating because there's a YouTube video I watched fairly recently mm-hmm. of someone who was tracking around the world, you know the song Jingle Bells, Batman Smells? Yeah. And the different variations of the lyrics that follow that around the oh, world wow. and where they came from. So, like, for a lot of people, it's Robin flew away. Yeah, yeah, but that's a lot for of me. Pe- for you. Yeah. But a lot of people... Oh, no, Robin, Robin laid, laid an egg. egg. There was a lot more um, 
variation within the yeah. UK than there was in the US. But basically, he did a huge survey across like thousands, tens of thousands of people. There was a huge spike in the sort of mid 90s. And he directly correlated that to The Simpsons. And basically, wow. there was a version that was in an in, a yeah. Simpsons episode. And basically, that's the people yeah. that were at the right age at that time. That's the version they know. P- people about our age, I think. Oh, wow. It was kind of fascinating. And it kind of, that really reminded me of that. This tracking yeah. these weird memes yeah. that sort of... That's fascinating, though. Yeah, it was always Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost its will. The Joker got away. Hey. That was one of the versions. But some <laughs> there were some truly bizarre versions as well that people knew i thought i kind of found that interesting that's fascinating so basically yeah long and short of it is we don't really know to me i find that crazy because that is one of the most famous motifs in all of folklore and quite possibly all of fiction mm-hmm. everybody in the world it's just knows a that. common language but yeah. there hasn't as far as i could tell there hasn't been much research into no. it and it is a little bit of a mystery but thank goodness I found Wolfgang's paper. So thank you so much, yeah, um, thank you. Wolfgang. And thank you so much for the, the book as well. Perfect. And hopefully one day I'll be able to read it and it might, <laughs> uh, might actually contain the key to the mystery. <laughs> Better start learning German. I guess it's that time then it's score time it's score time what what do you think what do i think i know i enjoyed it that's uh, good <laughs> the I end i know i enjoyed it <laughs> not i enjoyed it i know i enjoyed it <laughs> who are you trying to convince Alan? well basically what i was going to say is i know i enjoyed it but i know it's not top tier as okay, at the yeah. same time mm. i was thinking for this i would give it a 7.5 because I feel like I've tried to recalibrate my thinking. So 7.5 is, is a good score. What are you recalibrating your thinking on? Based well, on? basically, I think last series, me giving a 7.5 would be like, oh, that's low. But actually, I'm trying to give a 7.5 and be like, that's pretty good. That's yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then that leaves me yeah. room for better stories to move into the 8s and 8.5s, you know. I, I, I really like it as well. I'm not... Um, not 100% totally blown away, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. As a kind of classic fairy tale, it was a really good one. I think what really elevated it was the fact it had those surprises. Yeah. She threw him at a wall. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what? I know. I love Iron Henry as well. That it's last a bit. Fascinating like, character. You think the story's over. <laughs> no. Some uh, ostrich feather-wearing horses appear <laughs> with faithful Henry, who has had, like, elective surgery on his heart. <laughs> It's just insane. <laughs> and I kind of think that the mystery, the fact that the one bit that you expect yeah. isn't there, never has been, and yeah. it's this sort of global mystery adds to it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking seven-ish. It's got to be a 7.5. Perfect. In agreement. That's a 15? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was okay. trying to think as well. Yeah, it's 15. Well, congratulations, Frog King. Yeah. You earned it, as did Iron Henry. He's he's literally like Iron Henry. <laughs> he's like how royalty <laughs> imagine poor people think of them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they just love us. <laughs> yeah. Faithful Henry. 
dear. He's a ludicrous character. <laughs> I really fantastic. hope we meet him again. Oh, amazing. Uh, can you imagine if he popped up in another story? What a fantastic start to amazing. Series 3. Fantastic start. That's not the only way we're starting Series 3, Adam, is it? With a it's good not. story. It's not. There is more. We're kicking off Series 3 yeah. and with the announcement that we're launching a competition. Hey. Hey. So long-time listeners or new listeners that have gone back through the back catalogue will know we did a, a competition a while ago. Quite a while ago now. And we thought it was about time for another one. Once again, it's in collaboration with the wonderful Pook Press. Oh, yes. Publisher of vintage illustrated fairy tales, folk tales, and children's classics. They have offered us a copy of a book to give away to a lucky listener. Exciting. A deluxe 100th anniversary edition of Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, illustrated by Arthur Rackham. Ah, couldn't be more perfect. Right, after our Battle of the Princesses to end last series. Yeah, that's going to be a great prize. That's not it, Adam. Is it not? No. Surely not. On top of that, we are planning to throw in a piece of special Grim Reading merchandise. We haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet. No. We've got a bit of sorting out to do, but there will be a bit of merchandise that quite possibly isn't currently available even to our patrons. Yeah. Wow. It could be extra special. This is special stuff. It is special stuff. And uh, basically, to be in with the chance of winning that, all you have to do is answer the following question. Out of all the scores we've given to the stories, what has been the greatest injustice on Grim Reading? So it could be that we've rated Mm. it, you think, far too harshly, Mm -hmm. or you think we've been far too generous. Who knows? Is there one uh, (laughs) example that really sticks out to you Mm -hmm. that says... No, that should have been rated completely differently. So uh, a classic example for us was the story of the youth. Oh, uh, it still hurts. It still hurts. Yeah. That still could be one of the best, if not the best, we've ever done. And uh, it got a, a measly 16. Yeah. So if you, if you tell us, you, you've got a story that you yeah. think should have been rated much differently. You tell us what you think it should have got and why. Yeah, uh, so on the website and possibly on the blog, there's now a list live of all the stories we've ranked so far from highest to lowest. So you can see in order all the rankings we've given to the stories. Yeah, so there's any, if you can't remember, that there is a definitive list of yeah. all the scores and then you'll instantly be able to see. So if any of those are glaringly, uh, painfully yeah. wrong, just get in touch, let us know. You don't have to write an essay. No. But, um, uh, get in touch by uh, email. You can DM us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. There'll be links in the description to this podcast. And also check out Pook Press 2, a fantastic site where you can get all sorts of kids' books, various editions, beautifully illustrated. You can sign up to their bi-weekly newsletter. Which we did quite yeah, some time ago. It's great. Uh, often has a features of fairy tale in the newsletter that yep. you can read. Very nice. Yeah. And we will announce the result in our Christmas special in a couple of months' time. Yeah, so there's time. There's plenty of time to, yeah. uh, to get involved. There's a few other things we've got coming up in Series 3 to announce. In just two episodes' time, we're going to have the long-awaited special episode, The Biography of the Brothers Grimm. <sighs> uh, epic. Epic, right? Well, I certainly hope it's going to be epic. And finally... Later in the series, we're planning another special episode for patrons. We are going to read and review a fairy tale not 
from the Brothers Grimm collection. Well, hold on. What? Yeah. You heard me correctly, <laughs> sir. Is that allowed? I don't know, <laughs> but we're doing <laughs> we'll it. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, more details on that as it comes together. Yes. And finally, finally, there's a lot of admin here. It's time to announce the winner of our last story poll, which will be our next episode. Yes, indeed. Well, the choice was between the valiant little tailor and King Thrushbeard. The results are in. And with a solid 58% of the vote, our next story is going to be King Thrushbeard. Oh, he's done it. It's King my choice again. Ah. Whoop, whoop. I'm killing it. I'm, I'm just happy to be back. No, That's sure. all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think that was the better title, Come to be on. fair. King Thrushbeard. King Thrushbeard. Who even knows what's going to happen in that one? <laughs> no, well, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> nobody in the world. Actually, <laughs> no one. Well, you're not going to have to wait long. Oh, I can't wait. Well, it's an uh, absolute joy to be back. It's great to be back. And before we go, just a polite request. If you are so inclined, I mean, some of you may have done this already, but if you like the podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your p- podcast provider is. I know a lot of podcasts ask for this all the time and we never do, but it really would help us out and it'd yeah. be great to know that you guys uh, enjoy listening to us. So if you can do Absolutely. that, yeah. that would be fantastic. We'd but be very grateful. No pressure. No pressure. No, no pressure. Pr- if you just want to uh, listen to the podcast and ignore us, yeah. that's fine. Just yeah, go for it. And uh, on that note, we'll see you next week. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>